0: This is Dr. Tammy Dean, and you are listening to the Equity Hour podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My goal is that as a listener, you leave with new ideas, resources, and actionable steps for your educational community. Let's explore how we can use our voices for equity and social justice today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dragonfly Rising podcast. Uh, I am your host, Dr. Tammy Dean, and we'll be here today with with me. So uh, today's episode uh, will just be me and you um, chatting a little bit more about thinking and engaging with and building community when it comes to equity work and engaging with that for ourselves, uh, in our classrooms, uh, with our students as leaders, um, and all the many hats that we might be wearing. And the reason I want to talk about this today—it builds a little bit on the conversation um, in our last episode with Kelly. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and listen to that episode as well. Um, but really, there is such an importance. Of cultivating and building a community as you move through equity work in order to grow as an individual, to gather ideas, to share ideas. And really, for me, this stems from the fact that when we think about humans and humanity, we really are meant to do life together in a community and you probably have a number of different communities in your world and in your life um, you probably have your family community you probably have a work community you might have a community around your favorite sport or something you like to do or read or so we're always finding ways to build an established community and That same thing exists as we're moving through equity work. It exists for our students um, and it exists for us. And by cultivating and building our own community as we navigate this work, it also provides us with tools, resources, and language to. Build and cultivate an equitable and socially just learning space for students, and whether that's from your perspective as a as a teacher, and educator in front of students, and it doesn't matter if they're k twelve students, if they're college students. Um, but really building that space and that safe space for um, learning to happen. And one of the pieces of learning and education should be joy. Um, we should be bringing the joy. And part of bringing joy is not only having an understanding of ourselves, but also a deep understanding of the students and people that we engage with in our classroom. So one of the things that I think is really important for you or me and someone engaging in this work to think about is how are those that you're teaching or leading in your educational space valued and respected? And I really want you to pause and kind of think about that um, and consider are they only valued and respected when they're meeting or performing to a certain set of social standards and norms? And what I mean by that is... The dominant culture standards and norms. So, when someone is truly valued and respected, they can show up as their authentic self in that relationship and in that space. So, I'm going to ask the question again, and I want you to think about this. How are the people in the spaces you're in, valued and respected and able to show up in their true and authentic self. And if you come to the realization that maybe they're not or only able to do that in some ways and at some times and in certain points, then that is a good place to start and begin to think about how can I move and or adjust to better value and respect the students and the educators around me. So one of the key ways to do this is to take an asset-based perspective. So a lot of times and I've seen this repeatedly in multiple educational spaces, is difference is seen as bad versus difference being just different. And what are the assets from those differences? Because diversity... And those assets of difference bring a wealth of experience and knowledge and perspective and help us better understand each other as people and as humans. And I don't know how often this happens in classrooms, especially for. K-12 students. I think there are so many educators doing amazing things and amazing work, and I think that I have seen people trying to do those things. And a lot of times when we think about difference um, and celebrating the difference, it ends up showing up as um, a very well-intentioned surface-level look at those differences or though it, it comes out as like cultural or racial difference and looking at diversity from a mer- very one-dimensional perspective so that that diversity equals you know what is the racial makeup of the students in front of me or the educators in front of me what is the you know cultural difference connect to that? What is the socioeconomics difference you know associated with that? Um but really part of the way to shift to thinking about experience and diversity as asset and valuing and honoring those ways of knowing the world and being in the world um and then therefore learning in the world is being able to see diversity as multidimensional. There is not a one-piece part of diversity because if you think about yourself, they, you are a multi-layered person. You have a variety of components, and experiences, and connections that make you who you are. And so as we're thinking about building and fostering an equitable and socially just learning space, or if you're a leader, a working space for your educators who can therefore help build this for for students, right, that means coming and building relationship and showing up as your true and authentic self. And part of being able to show up as your true and authentic self is starting at the beginning with an awareness of you and yourself and who you are. So, just like if you are in a friendship or a romantic relationship, right? Those relationships are better and stronger when you have an awareness of yourself. And that means what you've experienced, what you haven't experienced, how you see yourself, how the world sees you. And, you know, a lot of times those two things don't match, how you see yourself and how the world sees you or what is true about you and who you are, right? And, you know, I can pause and just give an example here is, you know, I mentioned this in in a little bit in my, you know, Meet Dr. Tammy is, you know, I grew up in the 90s. I mean, well, I don't want to say grew up. I mean, I did 80s, 90s, you know, Um, I'm a Gen Xer. I think I already said that. But what I'm going with this here is, how to quote-unquote categorize me has been a challenge for my whole life. Like I've heard a lot of, I don't know what you are, I know you're something. Or assumptions were made about what that quote-unquote something is or was at the time. And so for me, how I identify or identified myself was very different from what the world sees saw and still sees like that. I wish I could say I don't still hear that. I do. (laughs) Uh, I just I just heard it again the other week. Right. And and then there's surprise about it because. You know, and to be fair, as humans, part of what we do is we try to categorize um, and group people, things to make sense of our world. That's part of how we make sense of our world. So In some ways, it makes sense that that happens, but I am in a place where I am very strong and confident and aware of my own experiences, the intersectionality of those experiences and how that leads to how I interact with others in this equity space or just in any relationship. So if you're finding that you are in an earlier part of your journey and you're like, where do do I even start? And I'm going to say, start with yourself. Start with building that relationship with yourself and being true and honest. So this is the time for an honest accounting of what you've experienced, what you haven't, who you've interacted with in the world or haven't. When you do interact with Various cultural or racial groups or genders or people of uh, differing sexual orientation than you, whatever the group might be or the experience might be, what what happens? What is your experience? What are your thoughts? And part of this exercise, is to build this awareness around yourself and what you've know, what you've experienced and what you haven't, to identify where you have opportunities to grow. But it also builds opportunities for you to identify your triggers. So one of the things that um keeps coming up or will come up as we engage in this work is there's a lot of feeling and emotion associated with a lot of equity work. And learning to know and understand your emotional triggers and to begin to self-reflect and investigate the why behind those triggers and those feelings um is going to be key to being able to take a moment and pause and reflect and respond versus react and so those things then allow you to be more comfortable Engaging in the work because you have an awareness and then you can start to build an awareness and build opportunity to engage with the students you work with, with the teachers you work with in authentic ways and really getting to, to know them deeply to see and, and use and celebrate the assets that they all bring to the table because everyone brings assets. And, you know, if you're interested in learning more about, like, this idea of what people bring, funds of knowledge is a great tool. I'll, I'll, I'll link a resource to that for you to, um, on, my, on my website for you to go and get. But I, I want you to think about reflecting on yourself. If you're at a space of awareness, fabulous. Right, so then you can start thinking about what do you know? What do you know about the educators that you're leading? What do you know about the students in your classroom? Um, What do you know about the educators you work with? Right, because part of building equity, learn equitable learning spaces is also building that within right the culture of engaging in collaboration as well. So, what do you know? And how do we use and celebrate that? How do we provide? agency and choice as a part of this process in our classroom because i have a feeling as you start to think through who's in your class who are who then Interested in learning more about equity coaching for you or your educators? Sign up for a free connection call with me, Dr. Tammy, to discuss a personalized plan. The link is in the show notes. Is a dependent learner? And who is allowed the opportunity to be an independent learner? So, I'm going to say that again. So, as you're building this awareness, naming and noticing who gets to be an independent learner versus a dependent learner. And what you're going to find is traditionally marginalized students are often the who that are slated to be dependent learners and the why is because they don't bring an X, Y, or Z related to dominant social or cultural norms or what is perceived as a deficit experience. So what I'm going to suggest is agency, choice, and the opportunity to be independent learners is huge for all students, all students. We tend to try to provide those opportunities for high-achieving students or gifted students, right? And you think of the students that need extra support in certain areas. We often set up their learning experiences to always be dependent on the teacher. And you'll see that because they keep looking at the teacher for confirmation that they're doing something correct when they are capable of having opportunity to think and engage and, and move through processes themselves so just just want you to think about that i don't have enough time to get super deep into that um, but would love to talk with you more if that's something you're interested in right like how do we build those experiences but all students deserve the opportunity to engage with choice and agency, and high-level critical thinking. And seeing and viewing who they are and what they bring as assets. So how do you find those assets? So that's, that's my challenge to you. Go and think about who's in front of you and think about an asset for each and every one of them when it comes to the classroom and building that classroom community and starting to build that safe and equitable space. And then people get to start showing up as who they are. Right? Because we want people to show up as who they are. I want you to be able to show up as who you are because that's so empowering. So, we're thinking about assets. We're becoming asset based. We're thinking about difference isn't bad, difference is just different. Um, We're probably interrogating and interrupting uh, some things we've experienced or known in our life to try to shift. Uh, our our own personal ways of engaging and thinking, what are our next steps? Where do I need to go? What do I need to learn? Who can I connect with? right so I'm building my own community you're identifying what are your your like what are your triggers based on your own experience because you're building this awareness and um thinking about how to build that agency and choice for your students now please don't mishear me. I'm not saying all things all the time. Students have agency and choice. I mean, they have agency because they have control over their own person, but they don't always get choice in their learning. But I'm saying like, how do you build that on a consistent basis? So it is there. And how do you make sure all students have an opportunity to do that? And depending on where you are in this journey, thinking about what do you know? What do you know about ways, right? You thought about these triggers. A lot of times those are connected to implicit bias and microaggressions. What do you know about those? What do you not know about those? How do you start thinking about and noticing those actions or thoughts within yourself or even around you? So you can start thinking about how do I interrupt and how do I shift and how do I change that? So, and, you know, the thing I want to say about implicit bias, right, is you probably don't recognize it right away. It's there. All humans have bias. So, everyone has bias. What is yours? What's most important is once you recognize it and find it, what do you do? Or don't do. So part of this process, as I've mentioned before, is the continuing learning curve. And that includes this, right? You're going to continually find new things and you're going to reflect back and be, say, oh, I can't believe I said or did that. So if you think, I can't believe I said or did that, what are you going to do differently? How are you going to rectify that if you can? How are you going to take ownership over yourself? So again, we're coming back to awareness. So we want to build awareness in ourselves so we can show up to the relationship, the relationship being with our students or with our staff to build that authentic, meaningful, equitable community. So I'm showing up as myself so I know how I interact and engage with others, how I perceive or see others, and how do I learn and grow from that? So it all starts with you, right? And the work continues with you because I keep talking about how do you then take the one next step? What is the one next step you need to take to move forward in this journey to build a more equitable environment for your learners, for your teachers, for yourself, for those around us. So start with that because there's one thing I know about, especially students, is they know and they can feel and they can sense. And I I think just like you can too, when someone's being true and authentic, Um, and when they're not. So you yourself is a beautiful, wonderful person. And you have so much joy to give. Learning should be joyful. We should be enjoying our time with each other and learning from each other and learning from our students. And we do that in community. So I hope today's episode on starting to think about building your community to build a safe, equitable community has been helpful. Begin with yourself. That awareness is key. And then we can continue just taking that next step moving forward. So I would love to hear more. If you have other questions about this work, please go to my website, fill out the form. I would love to hear about topics you're interested in hearing me talk about or or talk with other educators. If you know an educator that's doing some amazing things, share their info with me. I would love to have them on. Um, and if you're interested in like having some more one-on-one time, just really talking about what you are doing, where you are, uh, uh, drop and connect with me. You can find those links in my bio and on my website. Um, So find me at uh, Dragonfly Rising LLC on IG for all of those connections and it has been great chatting with you all. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and talking to you next time. So remember, how are you going to use your voice today? This wraps up another episode of the Equity Hour podcast with me, your host, Dr. Tammy Dean. Make sure to check out the show notes for any resources, links, and next steps from today's episode head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at Dragonfly Rising LLC for more tips, resources, and opportunities to connect. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, intent is not enough. Action is necessary. How will you use your voice today?